Well, uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Uh, nice to see you. Uh, we've got the church snowplow at the back, so you should be able to uh, get out this evening. Um, very seasonal, Jesus. We've arranged that to just add to the festivities. Um, as he said, my name is Ian. I lead the eldership team here, and it is good to be together uh, to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus. And so tonight, I just wanted to clear some things up concerning Christmas. Now, um, you all look like fairly intelligent people. I mean, it's dark, so it's hard to tell, but you are probably not as easily confused as I am. I get very easily confused. And over the years, I've been confused by some of the things that are around Christmas, some of the misconceptions uh, around it. Uh, firstly, there's a, there's a couple of songs. The first song, I'm sure you've heard it play every Christmas about a child that's looking out of the window and expectant for what lays ahead in the next day, anticipating the gifts and the festivities uh, that are about to happen. And it should be starting by now, this song, playing gently in the background. And I'm going to sing it. No, I'm not going to do that. You wouldn't believe we have rehearsed this. <laughs> Not twice. Anyway, this child is looking out the window, ready for the day ahead. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> and then is shocked by what she sees as she looks out of the window. She's seen. I mean, what? I mean, this was very confusing. I, there's this fictional story told out in this song where this child's looking out of the window on Christmas Eve and sees their mother kissing Father Christmas. <laughs> I mean, this had me thinking about something else for years. I thought this mother had been unfaithful. I thought Father Christmas was going around kissing people. Until fairly recently, a couple of years ago, someone very close to me pointed out, and apparently it's inferred in the song, but the Father Christmas in the story is actually the father of the child dressed up. Who knew? Not me. I was very confused by that. Apparently it's inferred but not for me. The second song I was confused about, and I, I shall talk a little bit longer in the hope that this one will be ready. <laughs> the premise of this song is about a person receiving gifts from their one true love. Imagine this, waiting expectantly for these amazing gifts. Apparently, they're going to give you a gift every day for the next 12 days. And we can have some participation with this. You can join in the singing. The singing hasn't stopped. Now, day one. I'm just looking at the guys at the back. Are we ready for day one? Day one, what's going to happen? The first gift is coming. What happens on the first day? Okay. There's a partridge, which is basically a small pheasant, and it's not given to you, it's up a tree. <laughs> now, I'm tall, and pear trees aren't that big, so I'd be okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll get better. That's a bit random. Let's see what happens on day two. Oh, 
basically a pigeon, <laughs> two turtle doves. I've now got three birds, I'm going to have to get some sort of cage. This is a bit random. Um, day three, it's got to improve, surely. Surely day three. <laughs> Okay, I'm not ready to talk about French hens after the football last night just yet. But I've now got six birds and I'm going to have to build some sort of aviary in the garden. What is this obsession with poultry? Okay, what is going to happen day four? Let's see what happens day four. away from the house at the bottom of the garden because I've got these four leery birds that they've given me. What, what is going on? This is all a bit weird. Day five, let's see. Do we know what happens on day, day five? Let's see what happens. It must improve day five. <laughs> now that's better, isn't it? Jewellery. We can work with a bit of jewellery. Hang on a minute. Five. Five gold rings. Are they like knockoffs or something? You've been down the market, you've bought some knockoff jewellery. Uh, maybe you've got some sort of dodgy deal on Amazon. You know, five for the price of four. This is all a bit random. And do you know what? By the end of this ridiculous gift bonanza, you had 23 birds, 50 people, and some knockoff jewellery. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is confusing. <laughs> and we celebrate Christmas every year. And sometimes the reality and the message can get lost and confused. What, what does it all mean? This baby, Emmanuel, God with us, stars, shepherds, angels. What does it mean? And unlike other, some other confusions and uncertainties, Christianity is not a feeling. It's not a myth or a made-up song, but facts that can be checked. And what we're really celebrating, if we can remember, at Christmas has split history. No, nothing else like this has had such an impact. No other life or person has had such an effect on humanity like the person of Jesus. Even our calendar that a large percentage of the world follow is based around Christ. The calendar is split between AD and BC, Anno Domini in the year of our Lord, and BC before Christ. When Jesus Christ was born, he didn't just change the calendar, but he changed the destiny of the human race. There is, I think, genuine confusion about Jesus and Christianity and what it's all about. But God has chosen to split history and the destiny of the human race with the incarnation, God becoming man. Yeah. The divine has come to dwell amongst the dirt and the dust. He came as well, not as this all-powerful conquering king, but as a baby. And when we consider this, we must remember that we're looking back into history of an event that actually happened. The Bible insists that Jesus is not a mythical creature. He really existed. And the best way to find out about him is read the Gospels in the New Testament. They're all written within a few decades of the events that they describe, and they take great care to record accurate history. It says at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, he carefully investigated everything. This isn't like 
Anakin Skywalker, which if you know Star Wars was another virgin birth, but this, that was fictional. It wasn't set long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. It, they pin it to an actual time and place. So we can believe that Jesus actually existed and Christmas is historical. And secondly, we can clear confusion by what his birth meant. It is joyful because it shows us that God really cares. He shows us he cares by becoming human, by becoming man. He fulfills Old Testament prophecy, words written hundreds of years before his birth. And God announced he was coming with angelic proclaim. And this can kind of be confusing too, because we can even confuse what this meant or what angels are like, because angels aren't really like this. this? It was very smooth in the <laughs> rehearsals, by the way. You can picture the angel right now. They're not like this. Hopefully so. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> he will be like a good shepherd, caring for all people. That's <laughs> it. See, angels are not like that. She is very angelic-like. But when angels appear, people often bow down in fear. I mean, sometimes we can be a bit fearful of Nancy, but uh, they were announcing good news to the shepherds and telling Mary that she was favoured and the Lord was with her. Yeah. Now, babies being born is always joyful. We've had a few births over the last year or so in the church family. And it's especially exciting if you know the family, but not as exciting maybe if you don't know the family. So why do we get excited about a birth that took place in another part of the world centuries ago? Why do we rejoice at the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem? And the answer is because of who he is. And the angels told the shepherds, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. God acted to fulfil his promises made many years ago through the prophets in the Old Testament. That the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is joyful and good news. Because it shows us God is not a distant God, but he loves us and has drawn near to us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. That God has split history, the BC and the AD, by becoming man. And we saw that in our first reading tonight in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. And without him, nothing that has been made. And then it finishes later on that the word has become flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. In the beginning was the word. This is God. It's describing Jesus. Through him, all things were made. It says the world did not recognize him and did not receive him. And he split history into the BC and the AD, and now he's given the right to all who receive him to become children of God. He filled the gap between a God and human race, the human race that's turned its back on him, and a holy, righteous God. And this is good news. 
Although we may not understand why there's so much suffering in the world, we know that God is not indifferent to it. He didn't simply send his condolences by a long-distance phone call. He got involved by sending his own son to be born. This is the fully divine second person of the Trinity, not protecting himself from the harsh realities of life. His first night was spent not in a mansion, but a manger. He rode a donkey, not a chariot. When he was exalted and lifted high, it wasn't on a throne, it was on a cross. Even the family he was born into, Matthew's genealogy includes the outcast, the scandalous, and the foreigner. The family that Jesus comes from anticipates the family that he has come for. He hasn't come for perfect people who have it all together, for the well-behaved. I wouldn't be here if that were the case. He came for those who would be willing and humble enough to say, I'm not perfect, I haven't got it all sorted out. And Christmas is often a time when we reflect and look back over the year or the last year or so and wonder what impact it's had on you. And through these pandemic years, it kind of brought up all sorts of things in people. People looking for meaning and purpose or looking for a higher power, a spiritual reality. For the whole of history, it's been trying to work its way towards the divinity, to earn its right for life after death. But the story of Christmas is that we don't have to work our way to the divine and split our way into heaven or earn God's favour because he's done it by coming down to us. Why did he come? Quite simply, he came to die. He came to die and pay a price. A price that means it bridges the gap between this holy and righteous God and a sinful mankind. And when we see Jesus coming at that first Christmas, it was to heal the split in the universe that runs through every human heart. The split, the crack is called sin. Some of us are deeply aware of our sin and imperfections, even if we maybe don't use that word. But if there is a God who sees our thoughts, our words and deeds, we know that's not good news for us. In fact, we might find it harder to believe that God who knew our thoughts would love us enough to want to die for us. And if that's how you feel, that's okay. This is not a self-help session to say, you're enough because you are not, and neither am I. Time and time again in the Gospels, the people who knew they weren't good enough for God were the people that Jesus welcomed. The ones who appeared too bad to be bothered with or too broken to be fixed. They were the ones that Jesus chose to spend his time with. He was often criticised for spending time with sinners. But he replied, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And the religious people's problem was that they didn't realise they were sinners too. And today some of us would be quick to agree with sinners. Others... Not so sure. Maybe you think of yourself as basically a good person. Not perfect, certainly, but not a sinner who deserves God's judgment. But if that's your reaction, I wonder how you'd feel if other people knew your thoughts. Have you seen the film Liar Liar? With Jim Carrey in it. Something happens to him and he cannot lie. He's speaking his thoughts and it's ruining his life. I'm sure you are all really decent people, but I know not all of my thoughts are bad, but enough of them are that even speaking them out loud would destroy some areas of my life. 
And the bad news is that God sees our thoughts, sees our words and deeds, sees our mistreatment of others sometimes, and deep down our rejection of him. But is our sin that serious? Is it enough that we cannot enter into the presence of a holy God because of our sin? Well, if you think about it, it wouldn't be heaven if we entered in as we are without the help of Jesus. Sin spoils life. It leads to oppression, injustice, warfare, blights the lives of millions. It can impact us closer to home. They call this the season of peace and goodwill, but it doesn't always feel like that. But Jesus comes because God is a just God who cares about right and wrong and can't ignore our sins, the big ones and the small ones. And the punishment is eternal separation from him. But in his great love, he came to do what we could not. He knew we could never live the perfect life. You are never able to earn this. If we're to believe this story, then we're in a worse position than we realise. But we are also more freely forgiven, set free, giving long-lasting peace and more loved by God than we could ever imagine. Jesus came to give you life and life in all its fullness. And when Jesus was born, the sky at night shone as the angels sang for joy. And when he died on a cross, the midday sky turned black. As he died, he absorbed Jesus into himself, all the sin and selfishness and soul sickness, if you like, of our world. He has accomplished what we are powerless to accomplish. And only by being in a relationship with God can your anticipation and expectations be truly satisfied. Otherwise, you're going to keep searching and searching. It's been said that only when you come to Jesus will your searching end. Because, as we've seen, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Only Jesus will bring peace to the entire world. Only Jesus will bring a peace to what goes in in your heart and your head. Maybe you think, well, God's not for me. I'm not the religious type. Or you've been put off by a bad experience at church. Well, I'm sorry about that and I apologise on behalf of the church. But maybe, just maybe, you're rejecting the wrong thing. God isn't distant, but he's come close in the person of Jesus. And this is such good news. He wants a relationship with you. He is calling everyone into a relationship with himself. But you have to receive this gift that is on offer. Now, I don't know about you, but I've received some dodgy gifts in my time. Not any poultry, fortunately. But this gift you will not be disappointed with. It's a gift we cannot earn, we don't deserve, but it's a gift we receive by trusting in Jesus. It says in the Bible that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And not just by believing he existed and he's real, which he is, not just by believing he's the son of God and came to save us, or even that he just died and rose again, though he did, but by putting your trust in his death on the cross to make us right with God. He's offering you a gift of new life, of new anticipation of eternal life, to come into your everyday existence and be your Lord. You might not understand everything or even have doubts, but he promises to come into your life, hear your prayers and give you peace in the midst of it all. You want to know when my confusion ended? When I found real clarity was when I began a relationship with God. 
by accepting what Jesus had done for me on the cross. There is a clarity when we see who Jesus was and who he claimed to be, and there is no middle ground. You matter to God. Every one of you, you matter to God. But ultimate meaning won't come from putting the spotlight on you. Your life will have the greatest significance when you choose to make it about the one who is inviting you into his never-ending story. If you want to receive that gift tonight, you can speak to God now and know that the Lord who knows you and loves you is listening. And you can say this prayer after me, just in the quietness of your own heart. And the words are going to appear on the screen. I mean, hopefully, the way it's been going tonight, who knows? But you can just say this prayer after me. Dear Lord, thank you for Christmas time and all the good things you have given to me. Thank you for your great love in sending your son, Jesus, to be born into the world. I'm sorry that I've turned away from you and pushed you away from your rightful place in my life. Thank you that Jesus came and died so that I can be forgiven. Thank you that he rose again so that I can receive new life. Help me to trust in Jesus and his death on the cross as the only way by which I can be right with you. Please forgive me and help me grow and learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Amen.